This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.co.uk. This is Internet Marketing. Now, before we start today, we'd like to encourage anyone looking for help with their digital marketing to get in touch with Site Visibility. If you have a burning digital marketing question, or perhaps you're looking for an agency to work with, they'd love to hear from you. Give them a call, plus 44-1273-733-433, or you can fill out the form on the sitevisibility.co.uk slash contact page. Alternatively, you can speak to either Scott or Sean via the live chat function on the site. They'd be happy to help. Now, today I'm joined by Julian Coquet at HubScan. Julian, how are you doing? Hi, good. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. Now, um, you're in the south of France, aren't you? Yes, very uh, sunny and windy, but uh, high Sun- temperatures, lavender fields. Pretty happy. Why? I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned the weather because I'm, I'm, I'm getting told off now for mentioning the weather too much. It's quite nice here in Brighton as well, but probably not as warm as it is down there. Um, let's start off. Uh, tell us a bit about yourself and uh, HubScan, what you've been doing. Well, first of all, again, my name is Julian. I work for a company called Business and Decision, uh, which is a a consulting group out of Paris that does primarily uh, traditional CRM and BI work. And uh, as part of that, I'm part of an agency that does uh, digital analytics exclusively. And because we were bored with auditing which digital marketing tags, strategic tags we're placing on customers' websites and um, making sure they were placed correctly by hand, so we built HubScan, which is a SaaS solution that does that verification for you automatically. So um, HubScan is again is a it's a SaaS platform. So we we provide a subscription where you can scan websites as much as you want, and it tells you uh, where uh, tags are well placed and whether they contain the correct values for your business. Yeah, and of course, when we're talking about tags, we're talking um, about sort of little snippets of JavaScript, aren't we? So we're talking sort of tags in the sort of um, Google Tag Manager sense of the word tag, aren't we? Correct. Yes. So, uh, not uh, tags, as in the semantic uh, yeah. you know, type. So, not, not tags, as in labels. Tags, as in JavaScript bits of code, or like you know, snippets, or however you want to call them. But yes, uh, all of these scripts that make sure that internet interactions are tracked. So that could be Google Analytics. It could be Adobe. It can be Payway. It can be just about anything. Yeah. Now, this whole area of um, sort of data collecting data, you know, for marketing purposes, is is quite sort of. Uh, well, it's, in, it's very much in people's consciousness at the moment, isn't it, with, with you know, GDPR? I mean, we'll come on to that in a minute. But in terms of like collecting data on the internet for marketing purposes, what sort of data do we really need? 
there's the basic navigation data, like uh, you know, being able to say that uh, consumers or visitors came through like campaign A, B, or C, and then uh, visited a bunch of pages, eventually resulting in the uh, conversion. So it can be uh, you know, buying something or signing up or registering for a newsletter. Um, so all of these things need to be tracked by marketers to uh, to understand the performance of their website and uh, essentially answer the primordial question, uh, why do you have a website and is it performing the, the way you thought it was? So uh, you need to ha- at least have basic information about volumes, about uh, the page use, visits and whatnot. And that is going to, in turn, be a bit enhanced and get more data about a conversion. But the more sophisticated projects get in terms of digital marketing, the more qualified data you want to capture. So there's a fine line between the data you can capture just because you can and the data that you should be collecting because it's going to help um, decision, decision makers understand uh, how a content is consumed, how a product is viewed, and later purchased, for instance. Mm. So um, having let's say, uh, attributes, let's say that uh, the product the visitor is looking at is really a refrigerator that is correctly tagged as a, um, a, a kitchen appliance that belongs to the refrigerator's category and has a, a product name and a product number and a, a whole slew of attributes and, uh, and categories and whatnot. All of that information becomes critical to, a say, a product manager. Mm. Because he or she will need to understand how his or her product line is being viewed in terms of uh, browsing and then how a given product is then added to a shopping cart or removed or uh, um, bought as a companion product to uh, another product, for instance, and eventually makes its way to the thank you page while in the shopping basket. So uh, all of these things are super important from a merchandising and, a, uh, and from a commerce point of view. Mm-hmm. And that's just for e-commerce. But uh, let's say when I work for a, a big a cosmetic brand, for instance, it's a global brand because I'm worth it, right? Uh, these yeah. guys have, let's say, if you want to buy makeup on their websites a, for a given product, you'll have like multiple shades of lipstick or uh, or you know uh, different quantities for a, a bottle of perfume. So all of these attributes uh, help uh, marketing and product teams understand how a given product is seen or not seen. Is my uh, audience responding to the new product campaigns or new product launches that I'm putting out? And without that kind of information, without the sort of rich data that it gets collected by, say, Google Analytics 360, for instance, if they don't have the information handy and in their correct format, then everything you want to do in terms of analysis or uh, you know, big data or testing or uh, machine learning and uh, all the buzzwords that you'd like to insert here at this point, uh, all of these initiatives will be for nothing if uh, they don't have you know, good data to play with. Mm. We hear sometimes, when people talk about data that's being collected off the internet, we hear this term clean data and dirty data. I'm just wondering right. what, the, um, what exactly is the difference between clean data and dirty data and what, why is it so important? Well, it, it, the, the notion of clean or dirty data is, of course, very uh, subjective because it is intimately tied to what your, as a company, what your definition of clean data should be. Mm. Uh, and that means being able to identify whether the data points you're collecting match a specification or at least expected values. Uh, back to that uh, example about lipstick I made earlier, if my uh, if I look at my product attributes for one given lipstick and I start seeing uh, attributes linked to perfume, then um, someone in the analysis department is going to have a very bad day trying to analyze 
of data. So yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a very basic example, maybe a bit too exaggerated, but that's really all it boils down to. Or for instance, getting expecting data in a specific format when it's not, uh, expecting a currency code in British pounds when it's really in, uh, I don't know, Danish crowns. Mm. So it, it can be... You know, anything that has to do with what sort of data I was expecting to measure because my analysis depends on it and what kind of data I'm really collecting because there's an issue on the site or my uh, my technical integration uh, provider messed up my tagging plan. You know, all sort of, this is a whole slew of reasons why data can be corrupted along the way. And you want to avoid uh, data corruption because that means your data becomes useless or, you know, semi-unusable. Yeah. Now, from an organizational standpoint, um, I was just wondering, uh, sort of, how the, the sort of the caring of this data is is sort of managed. Who should care about data quality? Well, you should have someone who's well, uh, not necessarily a, a, a chief digital officer, but someone who's who is in charge of what sort of data you collect. So, uh, I know with GDPR, we had this discussion about having a a, a data protection officer in place. Well, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we ended up with a role like a data quality officer uh, in companies these days, because you'd be able to uh, to make sure that whatever sort of data you collect matches a uh, a guideline, a, a bible or a doctrine, however you want to call it. So right now, it's usually in the hands of a a chief marketing officer or a, or a CDO, but. Uh, many, many times it's really in the hands of analysts because they're the ones who are going to be playing with the data. So they'll be the ones uh, making initial recommendations about what kind of data I should have. So the issue with that is many times these roles are very much in demand. So resources come and go and it's hard to keep track of who does what. Mm. So uh, not to toot my own horn, but you know that, that's why we're trying to position HubScan as a way to uh, to be the uh, repository for uh, that specification. Otherwise, you have to find someone who's really in charge, ideally with a, a backup resource or someone who's going to be able to uh, pick up the ball if it gets dropped, so to speak. Yeah. And the problem is if you don't have that sort of person to do that, then whoever is starting out as an analyst who's supposed to be just handling the data is going to be turned into what I like to call a, a data janitor. So uh, yes. he or she will need to be uh, in charge of cleaning the data in the first place without, without even being able to play with it. And, and that leads to a lot of frustration because you uh, you get analysts that come from like super prestigious schools, like they have a doctorate in IT or like in data science. And and these guys are stumped because the, the data they have to play with doesn't work or doesn't yield acceptable results when processed. Yeah. So they have to go back to uh, super technical details and have to bother someone who knows JavaScript to make sure that they know why the data is not being collected properly. So again, uh, as you can understand, I can talk about this for a long time. But yes, uh, data quality is a uh, is a huge aspect, or should be a huge aspect of uh, of digital marketing, and uh, and people keep doing it wrong. So again, back to the notion of uh, dirty data being subjective, clean data being subjective. It becomes less subjective if everyone agrees on the definition of what constitutes good data. Now, I'm glad you mentioned GDPR. Try and get those four letters in the right order. I keep getting them mixed up. I know we're all getting inundated at the moment, aren't we, with uh, emails from our various subscriptions sort of verifying that we still want to be contacted and stuff. And we're hearing in the news that, you know, not that many companies are truly ready. What's your view on this? 
Well, first of all, to go back to the uh, the comment on email, I'm so very glad that this thing happened because now I discovered that I was signed up to newsletters I never signed up for in the first place. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, so it's always uh, statistically pleasant to uh, unsubscribe for something you have. Anyway, I digress. So I like to think that GDPR is a, a great accomplishment by the uh, EU legal system. So uh, bear with me. Uh, and I, I'm sort of, I'm only partly trolling here. GDPR is great in a way that is going to force companies, especially uh, digital marketing department, to move out from the all-you-can-eat uh, data collection uh, strategy they've been using for years just because data can be collected to a model where they have to think about privacy first and about uh, building a, um, a trust relationship with the visitors because data exchange should be a should be a win-win situation. It should be a uh, it should be a tit-for-tat situation. So if you give me information, I should be giving you a valuable service in return. Yeah. So uh, it's kind of like the you know, the the Vulcan mind meld between the company and the uh, and the customer. You should be able to say, I am not going to spam you. Uh, and I'm not going to capture your data for evil purposes. I'm going to be as transparent as possible about the uh, what we call the uh, the data usage and purposes uh, that you agree on when you reach the uh, the, the new uh, consent banners you have on websites now. Mm-hmm. So um, having as much information about what you do, which services you're sending data to, and having the, the consumer uh, agree to be tracked for the good reasons, well, first of all, shows that you're in good faith. You, you're, you're cutting data, but you're not necessarily evil. Yeah. And and the fact that you're able to, to show that also shows the customers that, uh, hey, um, you can be trusted. We're not going to do uh, evil stuff with your data. We want to uh, to only contact you when needed. And, uh, and if the service is good, eventually the customers will give more data more willingly. And that's where really the... Um, all campaigns linked to CRM and whatnot are going to become more more relevant because, frankly, these days, if you use like a, a, an email list of people to spam, uh, frankly, you can expect that file to be ignored. Like ninety nine percent, like ninety nine percent of recipients are going to ignore you, yeah. or you'll have a very very uh, low, let's say, uh, contact rate based on that list. So, if you start out with contacts that trust you you can expect much higher uh, returns for these types of lists. So in a way, it's a good thing. Uh, HubScanner's got a a module for this as well, hasn't it? I don't know if you mentioned that. Uh, The ensures that data isn't collected outside of consent. How does that work? Yes. So essentially what we do is we have what we call a a scenario module that records user journeys, but also does uh, record what you do on on a web page. So it's basically like a glorified macro recorder. But we extended that module to... To, to emulate the way you would click on a consent banner on a website and say, I want to give consent for category A, B, or C of data usage. Mm-hmm. And then uh, what we do is we have HubScan crawl your website and, uh, and replay that uh, consent scenario before looking at uh, lots of pages and lots of clicks on your website. And if we see tags that don't belong to the categories you consented to, then you get alerts, and uh, uh, and that way your uh, your DPO, at least your team in charge of setting up GDBR properly, can uh, immediately know that they have a rogue tag in there or something that is not uh, categorized properly, or a uh, they have a an issue with their configuration in GTM or whatnot that you know, allows tags to be fired despite not consenting to them being uh, used. 
Ooh, powerful stuff. So for our audience, then, what would be uh, you know a, a couple or three sort of key takeaways for them to think about? Well, uh, I think from uh, if you've been listening from the beginning, I think you, you'll notice that the the big topic in my mouth has been uh, data quality and uh, and how it's important to make sure that you have the right data so you can get the right um, marketing initiatives going. Otherwise, well, you're just going to make assumptions based on uh, on flood data. The, the the second point I'd like to make is uh, it's sort of the actually the origin to the previous point is um, if you don't have a battle plan if you don't have a tagging plan or if you don't have a what we call a data collection strategy in place before you begin then it's going to be very hard for you so try and spend time with your team to to understand what sort of uh, data you're collecting and make sure you know for which purposes so that way it gets uh, it's easier to, to manage. Yeah. The the third point kind of goes with the with both of the uh, the previous points. The, the second one being okay, if we want something very sophisticated in terms of data collection, I'm going to need to um, to have extensive rules to check for data quality, and that takes a, a an unhuman amount of time. It's super time consuming. So in our line of work, especially in digital marketing, it's 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 good to be lazy. So um, being able to automate any sort of QA or quality assurance processes is key. So again, upscan. Yep. And uh, and like I said, so a GDPR is actually a good thing for an industry because it's going to restore trust in uh, in websites and in uh, agencies and uh, well maybe like Google and Facebook and uh, and like the, the, the big uh, big companies, but at least uh, you know people will start to be trusting companies that have a website and sell online more, and therefore make the relationship more meaningful. Well, Julian, thanks so much for coming on. How can our listeners find out more about you and more about HubScan? Well, if you, if you Google me, like Julian uh, Julian Coquet, I'm easy to to find. But seriously, though, as far as HubScan goes, we've been uh, very involved with the the Measure Camp uh, on conference circuit. So if you haven't, if you have ever been to Measure Camp, you know what it's like. If you have not been to Measure Camp, uh, you're missing out because it's it's a uh, it's an awesome conference about digital marketing, mm-hmm. and uh, we will be sponsoring the the next occurrence of that conference in London uh, on September 22nd, and in uh, Brussels, I believe, in October. I don't have the exact date just yet. Uh, so just check out MeasureCamp.org, and uh, you'll be able to to see if there's an event near you in the uh, in autumn or, or winter uh we can also find the website at hub-scan.com uh we're on twitter and facebook but i believe you'll be providing links in the in the podcast page and um if you want to take a hub scan for a test drive you can make sure to request a demo and make sure you to mention that you heard about us on this podcast Yep, and the show notes, which will include those links, will be at the usual place, sitevisibility.co.uk slash impodcast. Um, please leave us a review. If you're enjoying the show, leave a review because it helps us to you know, bring better ideas and reach further people. Um, if you want to contact us with suggestions or questions, the email is podcast at sitevisibility.co.uk. You can tweet at sitevisibility. We have a LinkedIn site visibility group. That's all from me, Andy. And it's all from Julian. Thank you, Andy. It's been great. Thanks, Julian. And we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing. Mom 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.